welcome to Reviewing. On this podcast, we find the movies from my dad's youth, then we discuss them. This episode, Red Dawn, the 1984 action film starring a host of actors that were almost all of them in the beginning of their careers and then went on to bigger and larger projects. Basically, this is World War III, but not in the way that most folks envisioned it in 1984. There are no nuclear missiles flying across the sky, destroying cities, leaving radioactive waste. Instead, it's ground warfare, and it's guerrilla warfare, and it's guerrilla warfare starring teenagers from small-town Colorado. This movie popped up into our thoughts, well, mine, um, after War Games, and we thought it would be a good corollary to go along with Red Scare, Cold War, anti-Soviet, and anti-war sentiments. Enjoy. First wave of the attack came in disguised as commercial charter flights, same way they did in Afghanistan in 80. Only they were crack airborne outfits. They took these passes in the Rockies. So that's what hit Calumet? I guess so. Something I need to establish first about Red Dawn is that I definitely have not seen it since the first time I saw it. Okay. I don't know whether or not I saw it in the theater in 84 or rented it Sometime a couple after. years later. But it has been at least 30 years yeah. since I've seen this movie. I remembered very little. I remembered the basic plot. But not much beyond that. Mm -hmm. Another thing I did not know until I went searching for this movie this evening to watch was that they remade Red Dawn in 2012. I don't know oh, if it's really? a remake or an up... I mean, I'm assuming it's a remake of some kind. Similar yeah. thought going on. Mm -hmm. um, but something to think about. Um, you had said you knew nothing about Red Dawn. Never heard of it. I... Most of them I, I have heard of. Or right. At least some of them. Mm -hmm. This one I had never heard of. Um, you didn't tell me the plot until we watched it. Right, right. Uh, I had no idea. Okay. I think going into it having no idea may have been better if I then having some idea. In in what way? Do tell. I think I enjoyed it more. Okay. Because I wasn't going into it biased. Okay, okay. Had I heard the story, I think it would have been, oh, that's great, and then shifted it to being great, or oh, that's bad, and then shifted it to being bad. I see. But not knowing it, I feel like I could have an open view. Perhaps the plan for future movies, say, less, so that you will have a more open mind. I mean, some of them, I, I like, know most of it. Right. So, you can't do anything about that, but, like... Right. Yeah. Well, well, my thought was Red Dawn was a little bit of a revelation. I didn't really have it on the, the list, mental or otherwise, beforehand. But after War Games and this thought about World War Three or the mm -hmm. potential of World War Three being done almost all nuclear, right? Mm -hmm. All having to do with from afar, I remembered World War Three, Red Dawn, and it being... On the ground. Not and, nuclear And tactical, right. Well, there was some. 
Well, they, at, remember the start, they, at remember the start. they said there was a, there was a very brief thing when the Air Force colonel in says there's a couple of tactical nuclear strikes on silos, mm-hmm. but nothing on humans. Which we saw about in war games. Which we saw about in war games, right. But nothing about people, and they both decided it was silly to strike on each other, mm-hmm. even the U.S. in a, in a get-back mode. Um, and so it all had to do with, quote-unquote, conventional, mm-hmm. traditional warfare. Mm-hmm. So it, you've given your initial thoughts that, that sounds like you... You 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 liked it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you have to say about about Red Dawn? Um, I actually had a lot to write down about this one. I think stuff kept coming up. Okay. You know they kept it fresh. Like they didn't release all of their plot in the beginning. Sure. It kept building on itself, which mm-hmm. I think made it much better. Yes. Because the story's been told many times. The you know the. There's another world war and people are fighting. Right. But I think the way that they did it kept it fresh. I would agree. I would agree. I, there was a time I was about halfway through and I thought, hmm, I don't really know what can happen here because the character arcs were really pretty flat. Yeah. But then they gained and I was mm-hmm. I was pleased. Mm-hmm. They did more than than they had done in the first half of the movie. I, I thought... I thought um, I don't think the action itself got any better or worse. That was, I thought, followed a predictable pattern. Mm-hmm. But the characters, I thought, I thought did more. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about the action before I talk about characters? Sure. I think it's. I think it's a good yeah. good thought. I mean, the action was was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was better than I thought it would be, just because going into it, we'd seen sort of some either random action like commando right where they can't miss or like bad action <laughs> where they miss all the time right but i think it's had a good balance i yes. mean yeah i agree i mean the kids probably wouldn't like develop that quickly yes i i, I think i would say the while well, you could see them growing as tacticians and they obviously had the upper hand because they knew the terrain, mm-hmm. and that was established. They might have been a bit more uh, strategically and and uh, weapons trained than perhaps they would believably be at the start. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they didn't make the Soviet-Cuban uh, army completely inept yeah. either. <laughs> right. Right. Which I think was good. Yes. And, like, they died, too, which I think was also yeah. good. Some of the main characters. Like, most the, of... The kids. Most of the Most kids of them died, died. Which I think was important to have. Definitely. Yeah. Because it showed that, like, they're not invincible. Yes. Yes. And, like... Well, really what I took away from this one was, like, the person was, like, the human aspect of war. That was sort of the main thing I think they were trying to convey. Yes. And I think I would say that after the first half of only showing the Soviet Cuban invading force as being monsters, mm-hmm. there were some personalities developed on the other side as well. Yeah. Which I think was really important to have. Like, because it was, it was more than, than just like a war movie or like just like them shooting each other. You know, there was like the personal aspect and like the feelings and... Yes. Like... The, like the important stuff about war. Yeah, I'm really curious 
to think about because when when they invaded and they took over the town they took over the area and as an occupying force it really had this feel of occupied germany almost Mm. with the re-education camps and the not in a holocaust sense necessarily but the re-education camps and the shooting of civilians as to make an example Mm -hmm. of things that's probably what the movie makers were going for. Well, yeah, to make them out to be, to make the communists out to be these monsters mm-hmm. um, with very little regard for Geneva Conventions, prisoners of war, mm-hmm. that type of they thing. They even mentioned the Geneva Convention they did. once. They did. The, but it was like when the Soviet was basically getting tortured. The Soviet was getting tortured and about to be shot in cold blood and mm-hmm. as a prisoner who was tied up and he said Geneva Conventions and... Mm-hmm. Said, ah, we've, we've never heard of that. Right. And I think sort of that scene and a couple of the other ones, but especially that one where they're going to shoot Daryl and then they're going to shoot the Soviet. Or, right. Or they do. Right. I think that's one of the most important scenes. Oh, definite, that's one of the most, definite turning point. That's one of the most pivotal scenes. Yes. Because it, like, it shows them becoming the thing they sought to destroy. Like... Like, it shows them becoming, basically, the Soviets and having their methods. And then even one of the main characters says, like, how are we better than them if we're doing this? Yes. And, you yes. know, like, they started to lose this lose sight of what was important. And That's right. And lose sight of what they were even fighting for. That's right. That's right. So, so the line was, you know, what's the difference between us and them? Mm-hmm. And, and then at ap- that point, there wasn't one. After the shooting, there isn't one. The, yeah. And I think... The line he says is kind of lame. It's because we live here, or they invaded us, or yeah. something along those lines. Which yeah, it was because we live here. Because yeah, yeah that was. Uh, okay. I don't know if that was meant to stir up images of waving flags, but to me, it was like I'm not sure that's the best line. Like you do live there. However, <laughs> that doesn't give you the right to shoot people. Um, I also thought speaking about the action before we get more heavily into the character that. The fighting, because it was in the mountains and, and the, the, the invaders don't know where they are and the defenders, the wolverines, are kids, um, it was clumsy. The it fighting was, was clumsy? The fi- some of the fighting was yeah, clumsy. Yeah, some of the fighting was And it was clumsy. messy. And I think that that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Because They're in the war mountains. is not as stylistic yeah. as some of the movies make it out to be. I think also, like... The, the whole, like, psychological aspect of it, especially when they're hiding, like, really close to the tank and they're basically almost getting shot by the other tank. Like, how the one person almost went, like, crazy. Like, yeah, because like, it's, it's... I can't handle it because it's, like, so loud. They've been away... Well, that's it. I think it's the noise, it's the chaos, it's the pressure. I mean, you know, by that point, they've been, right, October, November, December, right, they've been in hiding and attacking for four months. yeah. They've lost their families. They have no, really no idea what's going on. Um, Just from even like a basic standpoint, because they have no news. and Sort of surprising the yeah. insanity didn't set in earlier. Yeah. Right? And I think, however like messy or dirty that was, I, I think it was important to have it. Because yes. without it, there wouldn't have been the same human aspect. But right. with it, it was totally, yes. to- totally different, to- totally better. Right. Okay, so let's talk about some of these character arcs, okay? Probably should start with Jed, mm-hmm. the leader, right? Mm-hmm. We see him first, and he is the big brother. 
He's the former star quarterback. And he's, he's shown immediately as somebody who takes up space and somebody who's got this past reputation. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of obvious, I guess, that he fills this leadership role. Mm-hmm. He knows the mountains. He knows what to do. Um, did you see anything wrong with that? Was that too trite? Did you didn't think it made sense? What did you think? That did make sense to me. Like, I uh, think from the beginning he he became the leadership role. You know, he, like, went into that role, and he, and he did it. Um, but I think at one point he did sort of get too much of it, like, too too much to the point where he didn't realize what he was actually doing. Hmm, You know, okay. where, like, he didn't realize why he did it in the first place. Like, once they start, like, going on the offensive and, like, going for the Soviets... I think that's when he started to lose it because he didn't realize because before they were just trying to stay alive but now they're actually trying to like fight back right you know and and while he still was a leader through that I sort of think his like first role sort of disappeared at that point okay I can see that I can see that well said yeah and then well okay I think I think we'll save that end scene because that that brings in some other characters you'd also mention Daryl who ends up turning traitor mm-hmm. sort of in a weird way that's never really explained yeah there was almost like, like when did the, he get captured right why a, wouldn't they know that right there was like a there's like a weird jump cut there with that there was like a weird well because it was like he got captured by i guess like his dad or like his dad was there his yeah the mayor right but then it was like they like gave him a bug okay so that makes sense but like wouldn't they know if he was captured? It's almost like he was on a routine recon mission into town. They took him in and they said, hey, we'll spare your family if you go back and, and you know, have the have the bug and turn them in. I, I guess it was tough to, like, a little bit tough to piece together. They have, like, they never go away not in groups. Yes, very true. That's, like, that's a thing. And so plus, like, you never saw Daryl on another recon mission. He was sort of... A they didn't of, go into town. He was a little bit of the weak link the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. This movie was good, but I feel like some of the stuff they did lack in, like, movie making. Right. Like, well, they were... For, for example, I don't remember the name of the, the girl The girl who dies. The girl who survives. Tony. Uh, I don't know. No, Tony dies. Tony dies. Anyway. The girl who does who does the final voiceover at the end. Um, you know, there's this thing where she's a little bit, you know, uh, gun shy and she's like, oh, something happened to her. But yet when we first meet her, like, like you kind of think it's like a sexual assault based on her reactions mm-hmm. to people. But yet when you first meet her, the grandfather's like, oh, I saved her. Something was going to happen to her with those soldiers. Yeah. So like, did something happen to her or not? Or maybe it was yeah. the almost that scarred her. I don't know. But again, that was like, we're just supposed also, to fill it in. If the grandparents are, like, so, like, so fine, like, like fine. Right. In, the, in, their, in their cabin, and they're like, come on in without any, like, they're watching us. Why are they in the floorboards? Good like, question. Like, why do they need to be down there? Also, the grandparents seem perfectly safe. Why did, like... Why are they going to send them up in the mountains? Well, <laughs> Good question. When it first happened, I was like, this is just a lazy way to do, like, a love story. 
But I guess it's just a lazy way to get more people. Yes. Kind of glad that... Yeah, kind of glad. There was no teen romance. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, it's like the first one we've watched. Right. <laughs> they didn't I'm feel they didn't have think, anybody kiss the This might actually the be time. the first one we've watched where there's no romance. Well, then... No. Huh. Right. But a, a weird question about that, though. So, the Air Force uh, pilot, yeah, pilot gets gets shot down, and he joins the band for a time. And there's this weird scene where he and oh, the girl yeah. are like kind of like flirty. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not okay on any level as to what you're doing there. Like, yeah, like, like I can I can forgive the seventeen like year old kid for like a little bit of a hero worship and you've been in the woods for a time and this and that. But if you're the adult in the situation, you don't get to like She's feisty like you. Yeah. Hey, tickle, tickle. Like, no, no, that's not okay. It's honestly just like, why? Yeah, I, I, I just, I just felt, just felt wrong all over. Well, it was like there wasn't a point to it. There wasn't an end. Like there was nothing. I mean, I guess to just establish like why she was upset when he eventually did die. Like, you could have just done that, like, he was, like, a father to me or something. Yeah, instead of this weird... Weird, like... like yeah, I was, I I was, I was not comfortable with that. Yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. Um, I think going on the characters, so there was Jed's brother... Maddie. Maddie. Yes. He was kind of, like, an interesting character. Like, he was sort of... At the same time, connected to Jed because they're brothers. Right. But then he also disagreed with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Like he was the one that was like comparing him to the Soviets and stuff. That's right. That's right. So I think that was kind of odd. And then he was sort of absent for a time in the movie, and then he came back in the end, and he had a big role. I mean, I know there were several characters floating around, but it was almost like he was he was gone for a time. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was, was. He was probably with Daryl on the recon mission. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was with the recon. <laughs> on, yeah. But it, it was. But it was also. You know, at the beginning, he was sort of fighting back, doing typical younger brother stuff. Hey, you know, you lost a football game, too, and who says you're in charge? But then he got right in line. And then there was the weird lines, like, at the end, at the almost at the end, it's kind of tough to be brothers. And then they have this handshake. I was like, you seem very dynamic. I don't think it was tough to be brothers at all. You yeah. followed each other through World War Three. That didn't seem tough. Yeah. You got through the death of your parents together. <laughs> that didn't seem that tough. That was tough life, but not tough to be brothers. Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. Like we've said that they might have just been have like a, or they might have had just like some boxes that they felt like they needed to check because it was the eighties. Could have been. But it was like it was like why you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then with each other. So this is an interesting thing with the with the whole don't cry piece. Now it was never boys don't cry or men don't cry, but it was just a a don't cry thing. It was all men generally, boys, whatever. Um, no, by then the girls were there. By then the girls were there, right, but with the don't cry. But then they showed the piece where Jed is actually breaking down and crying. Which I guess was supposed to show some character arc there, but yet it just felt, at the same time, I'm like, curious, if in the 2012 Red Dawn remake, did they have the don't cry part? Because, you know, it's it's an emotion. It's okay to have emotion. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, when you're in World War Three, I guess there's... Some... I guess, yeah. Looser standards. All right, so let's talk about the arc of, I don't remember the character's name. It's C. Thomas Howell. It's the one who starts out sort of timid and then then he gets bloodlust. Yeah. Right? I thought he was almost the the most, um, 
like or or like the coolest character to see develop. Okay. Because I thought his story was the most interesting. You know, like he's he like starts out like not wanting to fight, mm-hmm. and then he finds out his dad dies, and then he gets this bloodlust, which I thought was interesting because it sort of showed like the human aspect again. Like once it became personal, it was more. Mm. Right. That was sort of the same thing with Jed and Maddie too. Yeah, but 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 less so. Right, because with and I wish I could remember his name. I'm sorry, but C. Thomas Howell. I think it was uh, Robert. Robert, you're right. With Robert, you know, he he uh, saws off the shotgun so he can do more damage. Mm-hmm. He's sort of sharpening the knife as they're just talking. Mm-hmm. He's etching the numbers of kills he's made in his and, gun and stock. Then, and and then the sergeant or or the colonel or something. He's like, the hate's gonna burn you up. And he's like, well. At least I'm warm. Yeah, it keeps me warm. And yeah. Then, it's like, yeah, that's that's sort of like a, you know, just like a, oh, cool man line. But at the same time, it's like, they need to have this to keep doing what they're doing. Right. Because you can't do what they're doing without some sort of hatred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you need to at least have aggression. If, and that, that was sort of what, the, like, the don't cry, like, turn it into something else. That was sort of part of it, too. Right. Right. Yeah. The, um... It was an interesting piece with with, with the other characters, how they... Again, they, w- they didn't show them because they didn't keep them close up, but they went from scared to not scared. I mean, they just... they just And, the, and they almost went from scared to not scared to, like, mad. Yeah. And, like like gonna kill somebody and, and they killed majorly i mean there really was the first any... time they killed someone he was like so how did it feel it was like it was fantastic or yeah something. yeah and that's sort of like the downward spiral there which was interesting because of course it starts with with robert kills the deer and there's the thing about the deer and he's a little bit not he's not entirely shaken about it but you can tell it's a big deal that he's killed this deer and they make this thing he drinks the blood and you've got the spirit of the deer and it's very communing with nature but yet the first time that all these anybody kills an actual human being there's zero reaction like oh my i just killed somebody like you don't really get that i mean like that's what you would do like when you kill somebody i think i would freak out yeah i mean even if i'm defending people i love defending a a myriad of things i mean that would still be freaky i mean that's sort of I think the first sign that like they're gonna end up bad when they start to start to not feel for the people that they kill and sure. start to not feel like sadness or you know just nothing right right yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense so um you know we talked about with war games we talked about the the futility and I thought it was pretty interesting how that was that was mentioned in this one too. Yeah, how World War Three in in Red Dawn starts with futility, right? When they when they get the news from the outside about how did it start, or you know what started it, the answer like is nothing, not nothing. this or that other thing. It's it's when you got the two toughest kids on the block. Eventually, they're going to get into a fight. Yeah, I mean they talked about at the very, the very beginning had the sequence of events that the Soviet Union has a terrible wheat crop failure that's like which not... leads to um uprisings in 
uh, Cuba and, and, and other places. They talk about how West Germany, the Greens Party won, and so therefore they kicked out the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, bases, and so that destabilized Western Europe. But in the end, there wasn't this one catalyst yeah. that started. It was just things came to a head because they had to come to and a I, head. And I think that's sort of important to mention, you know, like we saw in war games, it's sort of like the only winning move is not to play. Right. And I think you saw that in war games, but you didn't see the human aspect of it. And I think you saw the human aspect of it in this one. Right. You know, like it showed the real consequences of just playing to play. Hmm. Right. You know. Right. Because in in the in like this one, like it showed what what actually would happen if if like the U.S. like just played. You know. Yeah. And like how that would basically kill like kill the country. That's right. You know, in, including what happens with people. You know, there was a little bit, finally, towards the end of the movie, there became a human aspect to the invaders as well, right? The Cuban leader who is occupying the town of Calumet, he grows. And he, you know, he says, look, I used to be the revolutionary. I used to be the insurgent. Yeah. And now I'm the occupier. And, and I think that he was starts a- out with, right, he says, A, I don't know what to do. And B, I'm done. I miss my wife. I miss my island. And it was also like, there's no point. Yeah. Like, there was definitely that there's no point to killing people. He saw the futility at the very end, right? He has the ability to shoot and to kill Jed. The people who have been killing right. all of his men. And he doesn't. And, and I, I think, think that's really pe- important. I think part of that is futility. And part of it is also respect, right? He's been the insurgent. He's been through an uprising. He knows guerrilla warfare, so he's almost tipping his cap mm-hmm. to Jed when he when he when he lets him go. And, and 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 I think showing that human aspect of it and like humanizing him, showing that he has been basically in Jed's shoes, right? You right. know, been that person, lived that life, but yet when he has the power. To kill them and basically like take revenge for what they've done to him, he doesn't. He doesn't. He says, "Vaya con Dios." Yeah. I mean, he's 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 saying, "Look, you know, you you got it. Go ahead." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Any other characters you wish to explore? Um, <laughs> the Soviet general like was a weird mix of Cuban <laughs> and Russian. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, that was. I yeah. was like. W- you might speak Russian or Spanish. Or maybe both. I can't quite tell. <laughs> and then he was also, like, strangely, like, just kind of, like, strange. It's like, why did he... Why why do we need the Soviet general in the small Texas town? Yeah, or Colorado or wherever they were. Also, like, my... Or yeah, it was, it was Texas, wasn't it? I think it was Colorado. Didn't it say... When they were at the, at the Arapaho Rock, didn't it say Colorado? Plus, with the snow and the mountains, I don't think. But of, then, why would they say what's the capital of Texas? Because that was her way of determining whether he was Soviet or U.S. And he was from Texas. The Air uh, Force guy was, uh, but I think they were in Colorado. Were, okay. Well, like, why? Why did they have a stronghold 
on this right. random Why town. was this town? Why did they have like a hundred parachute troops right. on this random town? Starting in right at the high school. Yeah. It's like, like, like just why? Right. Well, it's sort of the same thing I was thinking. Why, after the occupation, is the mayor still showing up to work in a coat and tie? Yeah. I mean, he's not really in charge. And then why is he acting so, like, friendly when, when like, he knows that it's not doing anything? Born politician. Yeah, I guess so. I have many uh, actors. Some of... They're many, pretty Many good of which you recognize. Yeah. Okay, so... There are, like, two that I recognize for sure. Okay, so let's go through. Who did you recognize? Uh, both Maddie and Jed. Okay, so... Jed is Patrick Swayze. Uh-huh. Where do you know Patrick Swayze from? I know the name. Okay. Um, I've probably seen him in something. I don't know. Well, Dirty Dancing, I which I know that. you haven't seen, but that's... Anyway, Patrick Swayze made a ton of movies. Yeah. Dirty Dancing being his most famous. After throwing in a side, Dirty Dancing was probably done three or four years after this one, but one of the girls, um, not the one who survives, the one who dies, what was her name? She had a boy's name. Tony. Tony. That's Jennifer Grey. Later, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, two main actors in Dirty Dancing. They were the Dirty Dancing people? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you also recognize Maddie. That's mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Him, I, I, I like, can place something, but I don't know the name of it. Okay, he was on Two and a Half Men for many, many years. I've seen that. He's also done tons of movies. Infamous now for drugs and things like that, but... Did tons and tons of movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Robert is C. Thomas Howell. Don't you don't know. recognize him? Mm-mm. Okay. When you read The Outsiders in seventh grade, didn't you see the movie? Is he one of the guys? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's Pony Boy. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Patrick Swayze's in The Outsiders too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. Um, yep, yeah, so he did he did a ton of movies, C. Thomas Howell. Um okay, so the other girl, the girl who survives. I think it's Something with an E. I don't, I don't right. know. Anyway, Leah Thompson is the actress. She is in Back to the Future. She, it, yeah. It's been a long time yeah. since she's in Back to the Future, but she's Marty's yeah. mom. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, like, past, past. But, well, yeah. well, she's Marty's mom in both, but yes, back in the 50s. Yeah. Right. Daryl is also in The Outsiders. He's the lead Soch. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I forget his name in that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right. It's been a couple of years, but yeah, definitely. Yep, yep. Um, and then I was curious as to whether or not you recognized um, Jed and Maddie's dad from Behind the Fence. Who, By the way, we got to talk about him. He starts out by saying, don't cry for me, save yourselves. And then when they go away, he's like, avenge me! Yeah. I was like... Uh, mixed messages, Dad. You just said you weren't a great dad. You were going to get better. Now you're giving mixed messages again. And then it was also like, save yourselves, avenge me. Yeah, like, hmm, I'm not quite sure where you're going. That's not really mixed. Right. So, anyway, did you recognize the actor? Once you say it, I'll probably know Okay, so the actor's Harry Dean Stanton. Okay. And if you remember Escape from New York, he's, what do they call him, the professor or... He, oh, yeah. The like, guy that, like, mines the oil, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's like, you know, Isaac Hayes is the mm-hmm. whatever. What's... Anyway, I, I don't mean... Anyway, uh, you remember. He's the... Yeah, yeah. The brain. They call him the brain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's Harry Dean Stanton. Okay. Which we have to see... There's another Harry Dean Stanton 
part we have to see when he's in Repo Man. It's on the list. And he's in Repo Man with Emilio Estevez, who's Charlie Sheen's brother. It's all very twisted and mixed up together. Wait, like real brother? Yes. Okay, so Martin Sheen (laughs) is an actor. Okay. In many things. Two sons. One is Charlie Sheen. Mm Mm-hmm. The other is Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez took the name of his mom. Okay. And there's probably several movies where Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez were in that together. But Emilio Estevez was also in The Outsiders. They have a good look for The Outsiders. Yes. I'm trying to think if The Outsiders was before or after this movie. I don't know. I think it's like right around the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely right around the same time. I just don't know exactly. You know, like... Five years, give or take. Right, exactly sort of where it falls. I also noticed sort of on an, an ironic thing. I, I immediately thought when the first scene when they're when they're in class, and I thought back to Vision Quest. Okay. Because in both Vision Quest and uh, Red Dawn are really, really white movies. Mm-hmm. But how do you work a black character into a movie? You teacher. make him the teacher. <laughs> so... Oh well, wasn't least, there one in? He was also Vision the first Quest. one to die. Yeah, yeah. When Vision Quest, at least he lived. And yes, yeah, that's true. And he was cool. Well, nobody died in Vision Quest. Well, well, true, but I just want to point out that unlike in this movie, where he's the yeah. first one to die. So we have been talking about like the movie with the most deaths. Yes, this one might take the cake. Yeah, because it's more than Commando, I think. Yeah, a lot of death and just random deaths. Yeah. Like, just shooting, nobody cares, execution style. But, yeah. I mean, Commando, he could, like, throw a bullet and kill two people. But right. in this one... In this one, yeah, just strafing. It was definitely more. Oh, yeah, I think you've definitely got a point there. Also, like, speaking of, like, the kids that can, like, kill, like, so many people, how do they not know what a flank is? Right. And then, all of a sudden, they go in there, they don't know what a flank is. I mean, I guess that was supposed to be funny... But in the next scene, they're executing the plan to perfection. I was like, hmm, I'm not quite sure how that works. There's no way that you just described a flank in perfect detail. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That quickly. Yes. And now, uh, there was a scene uh, in the beginning where there's a bumper sticker, right? The obvious NRA bumper sticker that says, you can have my Mm -hmm. gun when you pry it from my cold, dead fingers. And then, irony alert, the Soviet guy does pry it from the guy's cold, dead fingers. Was that... For gun control, against gun control. To me, that was against. Um, I uh, think that it showed. It's like, what's the point? Right. You know, some of this was sort of like, what's the point of having guns? Because this is what's going to happen. Right. Um, something that was really good with this movie, I think, is that they they had actually like good social commentary. Mm -hmm. You know, they were able to do it well and like do it do it right but without pushing it yeah you know because it didn't feel like an ad for whatever but i feel like there are some parts of it that could be taken as an ad and 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 i think that's okay to have in a movie about world war three because it's not something that we want you know ever yeah right and um uh you know, it's uh, it, it makes me think about, I think it was Orwell that said, you know, war, you know, once one ends, the next one comes up, right? 
and the Cold War, call it a war, but it's not really, but it's something that people, of course, wanted to avoid at all costs, at all times. And so this could be seen as, again, like war games, a way to say, look, it's just futile. It's mm-hmm. just death. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's And I think that was why having like so many deaths in it was 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 worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I feel like you've already sort of made your final mm-hmm. statement eloquently, I might add. Is there a final final statement you'd like to make? Um This movie was pretty good. Um the making of it could have been better, but I sure. think they had like a really good plot and a really good message and a good final scene of like having both sides be be like just humans and you know like they just want to go back to their childhood pretty much and I think they overall did a good job with it how far did they get? Cheyenne crossed to Kansas we held them at the Rockies and at the Mississippi anyway the Russians reinforced with 60 divisions Sent three whole army groups across the Bering Strait into Alaska. Cut the pipelines, came across Canada to link up here in the middle. But we stopped their butt cold. Thanks for listening to our review of Red Dawn. As we rapidly approach the close of season one, we will continue to say we appreciate listening. We appreciate any ratings or reviews you wish to give. We appreciate any suggestions or contacts that you wish to give as well. One brief correction amendment from last episode. With War Games, we failed to credit Peter Gabriel as he supplied the music to the beginning of Games Without Frontiers. We leave you this week with a song called Red Dawn by a group called Knife party. Sounds rather techno-y. Never heard of it until I looked it up on Spotify, but figured it'd be okay to leave you with. Thanks again for listening.